Welcome to the Story Monster Podcast. Welcome to the Story Monster Podcast. Today we have another guest, Kaya. She will be sharing her top five films and why she loves them, how they impact her life, and if film will ever stand up to that standard of quality again. Welcome, Kaya. Thank you for having me. And we're grateful that you're here with us. I'm excited. So let the people know, what are your top five films and why? Okay, so should I run like by one by one or just like give you the list? Whatever order you want, you know? Okay, so my top five films in no particular order, Princess Diaries, The Matrix, Shrek, Rat Race, and The Five Heartbeats. Those are my top five. I know it's kind of all over the place. It's like... It's a given kid movie. It's a given ground. It's a given document. Like, what is happening here? But it, it all makes sense to who I am as a person. <laughs> Go ahead and break that down. Why, why do you like these movies and how they relate to you as a person? Well, first off, like, I'm the type of person that I'll only watch a movie once. I don't care if it was amazing. I'm only going to watch it once. I'm not going to come back to it. All of these movies, I can watch them time and time and time again. Like, it never fails. If it's on, you got my attention. Um, I feel like laughing is key to happiness. And most of these movies, they're going to have you rolling. Like, every time you watch it, you just pick (laughs) up, like, another layer of, like, the jokes from Shrek. It's like, oh, shit, this is what they're talking about? Didn't catch that when I was young. Didn't catch that when I was 20. Now I'm 30, I'm catching this part. Like, it's a whole other layer to it every time. Um, Rat Race, epic people in there, like Whoopi Goldberg, Kubigan Jr., like, the the list goes on and the the comedy never stops. I feel like with The Matrix, like that was the first time I watched the movie and it was just slow your mind like that crazy shit was out of type. this like, world you thinking outside of the box like having you philosophically look into just like the meaning of life and shit like I feel like that's what the matrix um you know kind of helped to cultivate with me um with princess diaries it's just a, a traditional like you know, ugly duckling to like bomb ass, you know, awesome, um, you know, turnout type of story. And I feel like growing up, like that was needed. Just not necessarily always being the popular kid or, you know, the one that's, you know, running things in the schoolyard or whatever. Yeah, you ain't lying. Um, stories like that <laughs> were always, you know, close to my heart. They're timeless. So, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I mean, like with the five heartbeats, I feel like that was just like a, a peek into adulthood. And it also too, like, 
I just like musicals too. So all of the songs that keep you going, it's pulling all different types of emotions in that movie. You laughing, you scared because they, you know, fighting. Then you got dude you feeling bad for with the drug problem. You got family ties happening. It's just so many layers to that movie that just touch on so many different topics that just make it all around just like, yes, it's giving everything. I call that a cinematic lasagna. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that. That's a definitely great way to put that. Layers of storytelling, different themes, subjects, you know, all that in one. Now, if you had to choose one or two scenes from those films that stick with you, what would they be and why? Um, um, five heartbeats. When they, when the um, sister and the brother, and they were singing in the house and they had the hairbrush and like, it was that scene where they was just, you know, just showing love and just like, just communing with one another in the house. That really stuck with me just because it was, it was real. Like it was a very authentic depiction of what happens in a black household me and my sister would do that growing up my cousins and us you know i'm beyonce no i'm monica no i'm i'm brandy you know like we got the brush we going in going back and forth making that happen okay so that really stuck with me um <laughs> i'm sorry i tried to I hold it in down. Get the choreography, stepping up on the bed, getting up in the mirror, all wow. of it, all of it. Okay, this was before the TikTokers and the Instagrammers <laughs> and all of this. We were just doing this in the house because that's what we wanted to do. Oh, okay? God. you better preach <laughs> um, on that. <laughs> absolutely. And um, so for that that movie, particularly that scene, um, for Shrek when Shrek went there. And that princess was not trying to come out that tower. And he threw her tail over his shoulder and pulled her up off that jump. I was, it was a wrap for me. I was like, because I know just personally, I, I'm, a, I'm a stubborn type of person. I'm a tourist. I'm a bull, okay? So I was just like, whatever man I have in my future life, oh, that's Lord. how he's going to have to do it. <laughs> he's going to have to be like, look. This is what's going down. Gorilla right? stance. <laughs> I gotta be tough. You need a Tarzan. <laughs> you got one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let me think. Some more scenes. Um, from Princess Diaries, I feel like just the whole way that she had to kind of like come around and apologize to all her friends and like be like look I was really just being a total butt like I got popular and kind of kicked y'all to the curb and it wasn't right so when she was like apologizing to her girl best friend and then making up with the the gentleman in the movie um that really stuck with me because I feel like at one point or another you know we all get in our heads or we all might you know get to a point in life where we're not giving the people who really have been there for us, the attention um, and support that they require. And we just got to check ourselves, for real. Yeah. And just, you know, reel it back in, bring it back home. Yeah, and, but, you and be know, real with it. That's heartwarming, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard for people to reflect today 
and do like that internal analysis of, am I flawed right now? Am I flawed in this particular situation? It's like our egos are sometimes too big. And I think movies like that with those messages, those moral lessons, they're a little absent these days. And they kind of overshadow with this, like, just like the, the boom, you know, the, the flare. And it's just like, you know, like so many movie images that it's like, okay, what is going on? What is this movie trying to say? And it's really not saying anything. It's just, just fucking a flick. It's just a, a action popcorn flick. And that's cool. We need those, but it's like, it's either a tone deaf movie with no real message or it's too preachy. Yeah. Or super dark and gritty. And, and, it's and like, that's why The Matrix damn. was lit too, though, because The Matrix gave you those moments. It gave like, balance, it like, though. Boom, 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 boom. Right. But, but they balanced like, it out because the they had the really quiet scenes of dialogue where they would say some shit and you'd be like, yo, I never right? thought about that. Absolutely. <laughs> and then also, too, one thing that I loved about that movie was how it just kept you on your edge of your seat. Like, you didn't really know, like, yeah, no clue what was gonna come up. Like, go see the Oracle. What? Like, the kids been in the spoon. Like, what? Like, yeah, <laughs> what is happening here? So, yeah, most definitely, I, I definitely resonate with what you were saying um, when it comes to to that balance that we need in these movies. Thank you, Kaya, for sharing your top five films, and thank you for gracing the Story Monster podcast. Thank you for having me. Today, I'm joined by another friend of mine named Ryan. He will be sharing his top five films and why he loves them. Welcome to the Story Monster podcast, Ryan. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I feel I feel honored. It is quite the honor to worship at the altar of the Story Monster. Hey, man, never never been on this show before, so I have to add this this go on my IMDb account or something like that. <laughs> hey, whatever you want, man. However you want to use this sound, <laughs> it's up to you. Sounds good. Sounds good. You got to pay a price, you know, and for the story monster, you got to feed its stories. So what are your top five films and why? Top five films. So uh, top five films I like to watch are uh, so Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Without Limits, Top Gun, The Departed. Um, I like the Without Limits movie because it is a uh, movie that relates well to me because I'm a runner and it's about one of my favorite runners of all time. Uh, Back to Future Ghostbusters and Top Gun, I have a bit of a uh, affection towards the older movies. Uh, I like the I like the older stuff. I think the storylines and plots were a lot better back then. And then Departed, I just have run the Boston Marathon a number of years, so I've always loved going to Boston. I, I like that movie just because of the I felt like the story and the cast was absolutely phenomenal on that. So, is there a memorable moment from one of those films that you like to share with listeners? Something that impacted you as either a child or adult? I'll tell you what, there's, I'd probably say, say there's, I'd probably say for Top Gun, I think it was probably the quote in the movie, I feel the need, I feel the need for speed. I thought that was an amazing, uh, just kind of a line for a movie. And, uh, you know, it just, I think the whole scene of them high-fiving after just gotten out of a, what, I think it was an F-14 a fighter jet and just kind of celebrating friendship and celebrating uh you know 
being able to go that fast. Uh, I think with the other movies, I'd probably say Ghostbusters. I think probably in that part, uh, I think was the scene where Ecto-1 comes out of the building for the first time and makes the quick left-hand turn, basically U-turn. Hell yeah, <laughs> iconic, man. That uh, camera so, angle was amazing too. Oh, that's, and they, you know, the, and even I watched the, the making of these movies and uh, it's very interesting because of how top heavy that vehicle was. They were hoping it didn't flip over. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that one, and I'd say, you know, without limits, probably the scene in there where uh, there's a scene there where he's running the running on the track and, and they were supposed to run comfortable pace. And basically the head coach, he doesn't listen to the head coach's advice. So Bill Bowerman's the, the coach and he turns his back to the runner as he's running past him at the start at the finish line, even though he's winning the race by a large margin. Um, and it basically was like, listen to your coach and, and pay attention to me, you, you know, um, Back to the Future was probably that movie. Just I think the cast on that just really, I mean, that and it's one of the more iconic movie cars. That Necto One, I think you just you look at it, and you go, how did somebody come up with this? You know, and in that that scene where the car is is basically driving down the road, and, and he has to have the lightning bolt hit the clock tower and channel it into the back of the car. It's just hell yeah, it just blows through. I'd probably say Departed. The Departed, I think that movie just, I think was the end scene where the where the whole movie kind of comes into its own, where they talk about the rat in the movie, and then they got the rat going across the little ledge on the end of the movie. I was like, oh, it's so cool. I missed it the first two times I watched it, but I, I was like, oh man, I got to watch that again. <laughs> so, yeah. And I imagine you still have a love for film. Absolutely, absolutely. Going to go see uh, Top Gun Maverick this Friday. Uh, buddy, buddy of mine and his wife are going to go see it. So um, it's been a long-awaited, uh, you know, with Ghostbusters and Top Gun, some of these movies finally coming out with sequels, you know, 20, 25 years later, uh, you know, after their original sequels, you know, it, it is something where you're like, God, I hope they did this right. <laughs> and I will say Ghostbusters and Afterlife, they did do a good job with that. So I'm hoping Top Gun follows the storyline and, and doesn't try to drag it out more than it needs to be. I concur completely. Thank you, Ryan, for taking the time out of your day to share your love for film and the reason why. No problem. Thanks for having me. It was an absolute honor. Until next time, there are tales to be told and I will bear witness. And now a word from our overlord and sponsor, Anchor.fm. Follow the story monster on Facebook.com slash the cinematic witness and on Instagram at Instagram.com slash the underscore story monster and on Twitter.com slash the story monster. Do you like what you're hearing? Consider making a contribution with listener support by clicking the link in the description. A dollar can go a long way, but a like and share can go even further. Thanks for listening. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Today we have Calvin, the creator of Javon Calvin Clothing Company with us, and he will be sharing his top five films of all time. Welcome to the podcast, Calvin. Thank you. Hey, what's happening? Glad to be here. So share with us your top five films of all time. Well, top five in no particular order. Beach Street, Still Magnolias, 
I'm going to get you sucker life and civil war. And for all different reasons, like I, B Street is more, you know, related to hip hop. That's like my passion. Still Magnolias was like a surprise that wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, I'm going to get you sucker. I love comedies, life, another comedy and civil war. Cause I'm into my comic books. That was the introduction of Spider-Man and like multi-characters, you know, in one movie. So that's why I picked those five. Now, individually, B Street, like I said, is because it's hip hop influence. That kind of steered me in the direction that I'm in now. Like once I saw that movie, I was hooked. I didn't want to do anything but break dance, graffiti, rap, and anything that had to do with hip hop culture. <laughs> That's probably why that will, for real, that will always be my number one movie. And my mom back then, she supported my dreams back then. She actually bought me the record uh, back then and the, the VHS tapes. That's how old I am. But yeah, VHS tapes. And she bought me the, the 33 LP. And I scratched and played on that record till it was no more. <laughs> wow. And I, and I knew every line of Beach Street verbatim. I didn't have to watch the movie. I could just recite the whole movie. Just, you know, word for word. You know? Damn. Steel Magnolias, that came on a field trip. Uh, we were trying to impress some girls. You know, we let the girls pick. But <laughs> it's just one of those movies where you went into it because you're a man, you're a boy. You're like... I don't want to see this soft stuff. And once you get into the movie, bro, it was just one of those movies. You almost cried in a couple of scenes. And I was I wasn't into those type of movies back then, but you know, now I, I you know I like those little tear-jerking movies, you know, movies that touch you. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get you sucker is just flat out hilarious. You know, <laughs> that kind of shaped who I am now. That's where I that, yeah, that's where I get a lot of my comedy from. Like the Wayans Brothers, Robert Townsend. That, a lot of people didn't get it like they credit. Pops from the Wayans Brothers was in that movie. Uh, I think Robin Hare. There was a lot of comedians. Jim Brown, Chris Rock was in that movie. There was a lot of legends in that movie. And a lot of the jokes I didn't get back then. But now, like they were just ahead of their time. You know what I mean? That good black comedy. Like it, not ghetto comedy. Like it was a little, a little ghetto, but not like you know the ghetto movies, like the hood. It was, it's not a hood movie at all. You know they talked about the hood and stuff that went on in the hood, but they made fun of it. You know to a point where you can appreciate it. You're like, yeah, I recognize that, or I can relate to that. You know what I mean? Life was just another comic, comedy gold. You know I, I love Eddie Murphy. I love Martin. They like my top five comedians. Just to have them together in a film, like, I really didn't have much to say about that. Just getting them together, plus with Bernie Mac and some of the other comedians that were in there, that that was a legendary movie. Hell you know? yeah, that's I uh, still Civil watch War. life. Yes, that has so many, and people are still like making little comments or clips and scenes from that movie, you know, and saying stuff. You won't you know, choke cornbread. Right, and that's probably the most <laughs> popular one. You know what I mean? And and the boom boom room, yeah, that uh, that ain't my pappy. Like it's it's so much stuff you can get out of that movie. And lastly, Civil War is like I said because I'm just you know it brings me back to my childhood. Civil War was one of the greatest movies. Although I love Endgame, you know both chapters. Civil War kind of kicked it off 
you know, it's, well, like I said, it introduced Spider-Man, also Black Panther, but then it also, um, it brought a lot of characters in one movie. You know, usually you just have the main character and the villain. And sometimes you might have another side villain or something, but this one, you had so many characters and just, I was just in awe of the whole movie. You know, the visual effects was crazy. The story was nice. And that pretty much rounds out my top five list. Well, I appreciate you sharing that list. And it's pretty epic. It got a lot of versatility to it. You know what I'm saying? You got your comedy, you got your action, you got your romance. You know, you got a little bit of drama with life. You know, people laugh at it, but it's a really fucked up story at the end of the day. Um, Is there any scenes from any of those movies that stand out? Like to this day, you watch that scene and it still give you a gut punch or make you feel like excited. And and still Magnolia's Sherry was uh, Shelly. I'm sorry, was diabetic, and she had a diabetic attack. Now my pops had diabetes too, and like I said back then, I you know I was younger. I didn't really know. I just knew of the word diabetes because it was heavy in the family. But just watching that scene where she kind of had a, a a breakdown, you know, a diabetes attack or whatever, and her mom had to give her some orange juice and some candy, you know, to kind of, you know, cut the attack. That always stood out to me, just the acting in there, because she was crying and just the bond between the mom and the daughter, because the mom didn't want the daughter to be overworked, you know, with her condition. So she was like, you know, always kind of on top of her, you know, watching her a lot. And she went from just being cool all of a sudden to just having a diabetic attack. And just the way that the they were in a, a hair salon, and just the way all the ladies came up and, you know, was just being nice, trying to help her. You know what I'm saying? Like, calm, calm down and, you know, you'll be okay because she was stressing out about her wedding. You know, that that's what Carl brought on the attack, you know. So, but yeah, that that part of the movie was was really good. Um, Civil War, like I said, just when, when they introduced Spider-Man, I, I lost my mind. <laughs> so that really brought me back to my childhood like it really did it's like because as a kid you kind of wished all that stuff was true you know Hell you thought yeah. a lot of that stuff was real and you know you get older and you learn yeah it's just comic books but just to see technology you know bring your childhood to the big screen like off a comic book page and and make the costumes actually realistic you know like that's that's amazing bro that's really amazing. And that takes skill. A lot of people don't give them their credit. You know, they just go watch the movie and oh, Thor, Loki. But that was a lot of, you know, stuff put in behind of that, you know, to get it to this far. You know, so I respect that. I, I love Civil War visually, you know. Beach Street, I'm going to just say the whole movie because, like I said, it, it affects how I am now. I still write rhymes. I still love graffiti. You know, I still break dance a little bit. You know, it ain't it don't look as good as it used to, but I can still do it. And right, and right. you know, the fact that you can get down <laughs> on the floor and get back up, right. you know what I'm saying? You know? That's an accomplishment. Man, right, you know, so and everybody can pop lock, so you, you can at least do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's the easy one. But yeah, no, I love all five of those movies. Like I, I could watch those and to add on a movie, another Julia Roberts movie, uh outside out of still magnolias pretty woman a lot of people think all oh, that white movie all that soft movie it's a good story you know what i mean and it's like i took it as far as just helping people 
You yeah. know what I mean? People be in bad situations or sometimes people just need that push or, yep. you know, that, you know, some help and they can move on to better things. You know what I mean? Like we, we look down as a society on people in, in, in a bad way, thinking that they can never get out of that bad way. You know what I mean? So, you know, dude came along, he tried to be opportunist, you know, opportunistic with some sex. She needed the money. But coming to find out, they even fell in love with each other. Like, you know, it happened. We support sex workers at the Story Monster podcast. (laughs) 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 And they go go get to live happily ever after. You know what I mean? mean? Yeah, you can't beat that. So, yeah, Pretty Woman was a a good story. It was a good, good movie. You know, Julia Roberts was, she was the, she was it back in the 80s and 90s, you know. Yeah, I want to thank you for coming on to the Story Monster podcast and giving testimony and bearing witness to that which is cinematic greatness. Can you let people know where they can follow you online? Oh, no problem, bro. Um, JavonCalvinClothing.biz and YouTube slash Calvin Coffee. That's where you can find me at right now. Or you can catch me on Facebook uh, at Callis King, C-A-L-I-S space King. I have a gang of content. You know, we talking about aliens. We talking about Egypt. I got fashion. We talking about hip hop. You know, just come check me out. Cool dude. You might, you might. But yeah, just check out my page. That was Calvin from Javon Calvin Clothing Company. Thank you for bearing witness. I'm joined by my friend David. And he will be sharing his top five films. Welcome, David, to the Story Monster Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Now, you're going to be sharing your top five films, so just jump right into it and let the people know. All right. One through five. First one, Jurassic Park. (laughs) Two and three are Godfather one and two. Four would be Shawshank Redemption. And finally, five is Top Gun. Nice selection there. And you want to tell us a little bit why, why you chose those films and what's special about any of them? I think each of them really had an impact on American culture in some way. I'd say that each of them almost has a a real gravity or gravitas to them. Uh, Jurassic Park was just a landmark film. Uh, Spielberg is known for making those. But I think the legacy of bringing excitement to something as nerdy as dinosaurs uh, to an entire generation or multiple generations of people is really awesome. Um, As opposed to, if you want to look at another one of his big films, Jaws, which still to this day, I think makes people afraid of sharks and might have actually had a really negative impact on the culture and the ecosystem because sharks are still very hunted uh, and very feared and really weren't so prior to 1975. No one's really afraid of dinosaurs, right? So, you know, the idea of them like coming into your home is not really a real fear that anybody could have. Um, But I think it just creates a fantasy and, um, and a, and just really seems to drive the imagination of a lot of people. And we're seeing the sixth installment coming out, I think, next month. So that's pretty exciting. That is correct. And are you going to be checking that out as well? 
yeah, it'll be the first time I've been to the theaters and I think since prior to the pandemic. So I'm excited about that. And did you want to share um, a favorite scene or memorable moment from one of the films you listed? Let's see. Um, yeah, for Shawshank, I, I think when um, the main protagonist, Andy Dufresne, is able to escape the prison through the a sewer tunnel, he has to crawl through a sewer tunnel for about a mile and into like a little ravine and is finally as he escapes outside of the prison walls just the in the pouring rain and the thunder the the look of uh, jubilation and relief i think we can all think about situations or circumstances where maybe we're not breaking out of prison but we can relate to that feeling of uh, achievement or relief or growth, and uh, I think it's just just a a beautiful film with um, tremendous acting, but really, you know, the 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 emotions, the the various emotions that it triggers from you know from the joy of that scene to the sadness of when uh, uh, one of their former uh, inmates uh, escape or isn't he's given parole and then hangs himself and as they read the letter um, Brooks was the character um, you know it just really uh, what a lot of movies today seem to struggle with and that's bringing about a real variety a real spectrum of emotions and circumstances it seems like it, things either take too much of one theme everything's action or everything's very depressing or there isn't and there isn't uh you know very few things are just one-dimensional like that you know good movies should represent life and they are full of you know surprise disappointment love you know and all of those different elements need to be incorporated in a film i think if it's really going to achieve you know one of these Top things now. Maybe Top Gun is is a little bit uh, more two dimensional. Let's say, it's but I like it. Good. We need variety out here. I like it because <laughs> it's you know if you watch that, that's a great American. Uh, that's a great American film. It it's exciting. It um, it's adrenaline provoking, but it's also full of heartbreak. I mean, Goose, you lose Goose. I mean, that's. That kills me every time. Spoilers you know? on the Story Monster uh, podcast. And that sequel, seen it. <laughs> again, ironically, just came out, I think, this week. So I haven't yet seen that. It's been, it was delayed many, many times. So I'm going to have to go check that out. But um, I don't think there'll be a Shawshank sequel or a Godfather 4, fortunately. But uh, um have to go check out Top Gun too. Thank you for sharing your input and your opinions on film. Absolutely. Great talking to you, Jeremy. Thanks for coming through, David. Until next time, there are tales to be told and I will bear witness.